are you ready to get cooking? Yeah. Count me in. All you need are the right ingredients. Interviews. Home Cook. and every day. Crazy people. What a lovely meal. Welcome to JJ Jackson's Food Tips. The basics and beyond. The gourmet kitchen is indispensable. Now. 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 The doctor of funk himself, J.J. Jackson. Well, it's great to be here. I was a rock and roll DJ for a lot of years, and I was fortunate to play in markets across this country and a few others. Stations like WCPA, Clearfield, Pennsylvania, WRKT, Cocoa Beach, Florida, WRFC, the Fun Loving 96 in Athens, Georgia, WQXI Atlanta, Georgia. The Big Ape, WAPE Jacksonville, Florida. G98 WGCL Cleveland, Ohio. KSON AM and FM San Diego. Cool 108, The Twin Cities. WFOX Fox 97 Atlanta. Mix 105.7, Cool 105.7, and WGST Radio in Atlanta. And a short stint at Armed Forces Radio in Bahrain. Food Tips, the basics and beyond is about celebrating life, good food, good friends, and good times. If you're a foodie, and even if you're not, you'll love the interviews, wine recommendations, recipes, and so much more. I'm betting you're going to have a good time. Hey, this is JJ Jackson. You want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place. And it's free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. And here's how it works. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Check it out. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters and get yourself started. So you're hungry now? I'm famished. No time for a lot of prep? There's never enough time to do everything you want. How about a 30-minute recipe? That's impossible. We've promised 30 minutes. We'll do it in 30 minutes. On J.J. Jackson's Food Tips. Oh, the recipe of... Of course I've got that recipe. So on Spotify, they have this thing where you can do polls. And uh, I picked a poll, and I, I, I picked uh, like three different things that would be uh, interesting to the, uh, to the food tips, the basics, and beyond audience. And the one that came in the biggest was 30-minute meals. I think everybody's so you know, occupied with not having enough time that 30-minute meals is a, is a very big thing other than just, you know, ordering Uber or something like that. So uh, my special guest today is uh, Mary Ross Johnson. Mary plays tennis with Patty, my wife. You know her as the lovely patio furniture. And she she cooks, and we follow each other on Facebook, and she's going to be the first one with one of our 30-minute meals. So, uh, Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I, like you said, I love to play tennis um, with your lovely wife, and um, I do like to cook. Um, I do go through spells where I do like that Uber Eats order as well, but, you know, I think we all need a break from it. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, I'm a swim coach as well. Um, I was a flight attendant for 26 years at Delta and um, retired in 2014. So I do just a little swim coaching and um, swim team coaching. And that's pretty much what I do these days. And uh, you have a daughter uh, that has, I mean, she's not quite college age, is she? No, she's 16. She's a rising junior. Yeah. Won't be long now. 
Nope. Nope. <laughs> Got to savor every minute of that. Are you starting to look at uh, potential uh, colleges yet or anything like that? We need to, but haven't yet. Okay. <laughs> well, I totally understand that, you know, it, it, in time it will happen. I would call you more of a foodie uh, amateur chef than just a, just a cook because uh, you spend a lot of time doing the same thing I do, combing the internet for recipes, uh, either low carb, but, at, at, but, but healthy. You do a lot of healthy recipes. I would agree with that. Yes. So what have you chosen for uh, our first 30-minute meal? So I'm going to talk about Hasselback chicken with spinach and goat cheese. And so I know Hasselback potatoes. I've tried it with sweet potatoes and not had a whole lot of luck, but I've done it before with uh, other vegetables. Uh, I've actually tried it with turnips, and it came out pretty good uh, in an air fryer. But uh, the, the chicken, I think, is going to be uh, an awesome recipe. I really enjoy this recipe, mainly because it just takes something that is basic, like a chicken breast, and elevates it for for a nice, healthy meal. You know where the term Hasselback comes from? I do. So the origin, supposedly, is um, it was created by um, a chef out of Stockholm, and the restaurant was called Hasselbacken. So hmm. he he developed the method of the Hasselback potato, and that was in 1953. He was a trainee chef wow. at Hasselbacken. So Stockholm is the origin. Did you have his name by chance? I do. It is, let me get this correct, it is Leif Ellison. Tell us a little bit about the contents of the recipe. Well, you're going to start with your four chicken breasts, about one and a half pounds. Um, and what I do like about this recipe too, JJ, is Typically, you need marination time for breasts so they're not um, dried out. Right. Um, and that takes time. And so this getting this down to the 30-minute thing, um, this is one time you can use a chicken breast and not have to marinate it. So that's one of the reasons I really like this recipe. Do you have to pound it at all just to get it tenderized or no? Um, you don't have to. I would definitely go with a thinner breast, though, so that it doesn't take long to cook. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so with your four chicken breasts, you're going to have also three cups of spinach, quarter cup of crumbled goat cheese. Um, you're going to have just salt and pepper as usual, two teaspoons of paprika, and a third of a cup of mozzarella cheese. So That's it? Basic, easy, basic ingredients that wow. you might even have on hand. Yeah, that sounds like uh, typical things you'd have in the cupboard. Olive oil, too? Yeah, just a little bit of olive oil to saute your spinach in. Uh, go ahead and tell, the, tell us about the process. Okay, so you're going to start with your chicken breasts, and you want to preheat your oven to 350. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is you want to make about six to eight slits in your chicken breasts. Uh, you don't want to go all the way through, obviously, because that's where you're going to put your stuffing in. So then after you cut your... Chicken breasts, you're going to saute your spinach in a little bit of olive oil. Once that gets a little wilty, you're going to add your goat cheese until it gets a little melty. You're going to take that mixture after it cools just a second, and you're going to stuff that into each of your slits in your chicken breasts. You're going to salt and pepper to taste on top of your chicken. Mm -hmm. Top that with the mozzarella cheese on each breast. Top it with a little paprika on each chicken breast, pop it in the oven, and you're just going to cook that for 20 minutes 
or until it's at 165. God, that, I mean, it's, it's just so easy. And now as you've talked about it, I'm, I'm getting a little hungry. And, <laughs> and on top of that, you, you could do almost anything with that. You could substitute different kinds of cheeses. You could take it, uh, you know, in a Latin American direction or an Italian direction. You could do so much with just that basic recipe. That's a great recipe. You can do rice and mushrooms. You can do apple, ham, and cheddar. The, the options wow. are limitless. It, it, it just the whole thing sounds great, and it's so easy. I think a lot of people are going to want to get a hold of that. If you if you can uh, get me a copy of that, uh, absolutely. What I'll do is, if anybody wants a copy of this recipe, it's a great basic recipe. You can tailor make it to almost anything you want, and uh, just write to me. Uh, Radio Jackson at gmail.com. And uh, Mary, if, if you're disturbed by email, I apologize for saying this, but if you do you want any of the listeners to contact you at an email address by chance? They're more than welcome to contact me. Um, they can contact me. I've got a an interesting email address that you're more than welcome to contact me at. Okay. And there is, a, there is a story behind it, but we might save that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's Girl Chuck, G-I-R-L-C-H-U-C-K at MSN.com. All right, go ahead and tell the story. we got a couple of minutes. All right. Well, when this is really going to age me here, JJ. Okay. Um, up in the north where I'm from, outside of Pittsburgh, it's very common to shorten a first name if it's two syllables. So Mary was shortened to Mare. And let me just back this up a second. I, I'm, I come from a family of six children, of which I am the last. And, <laughs> the um, baby. My, my older brother just loved to um, rib me and, and joke around with me and came up with all kinds of nicknames for me. So Mary got, Mary got shortened to Mare. Then it became Mare Bear. And at that time, there was the show, the gong show that was on, and we just thought it was hilarious and watched it all the time. Chuck. The 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 host was Chuck Barris. Right. So it went from Mare to Mare Bear to Barris like Chuck Barris. And then Chuck was what stuck. So <laughs> I am a girl named Chuck. Well, that's good. That's great. Everybody called you Chuck. All your uh, how, were they mostly brothers or brothers yeah. and sisters? I had I have three sisters and two brothers, and, and it was more the boys that called me. Yeah, Chuck. that that sounds like a fun thing to do to your sister. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, that's great. Well, Mary, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Thank you for the email address, and uh, I hope we get some responses on this so that uh, I can share them with you uh, on Spotify and. Uh, and hopefully you'll get some email as well. That's great. I appreciate it, JJ. Thank you. Hey, this is JJ Jackson. I'm really happy with the experience I've had starting my show with Spotify for podcasters. It's been super easy to get started. You don't need an elaborate setup. You can even do it from your phone. I love the Q&A for listeners and the polls to keep everyone involved and talking. Believe me, it's worth checking out. Get the Purple app, Spotify for Podcasters, or www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Do you know anything about wine? Anything about I wine? think I know somebody who does. Time for Super Wine Guy, Michael Gallant. Oh, yeah. Oh, he knows wine. He knows, yes. 
He knows. The original wine connoisseur. He's been to France. Whether you're looking for good deals on great wine or great deals on good wine, stand by for more food tips, the basics, and beyond. Michael Gallant. I love those things with my wine. Super wine guy Michael Gallant is here. (laughs) We like to start off with a little bit of joke or some laughter because... Well, we've had a little wine, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this will be the next episode. So I took the liberty of, because we're on Spotify, uh, that's, that's our provider. We're on uh, podcast aggregators everywhere, but uh, they give you a chance to do this poll. So I decided to do a poll on wine, and let me see what the uh, parameters were. It was, uh, uh, how much would you spend on wine? Oh, okay. 10 to 20, 30 to 50, or 100 and over. 10 to 20? Yep. 50%. Nice. 30 to 50? 50%. Oh, really? Nobody's spending, you know, 100 bucks? 100 and over? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. So typically we we try and give you wines that are within that area. It's uh, it's hard to do 10 and under anymore. Yeah, it's very hard. But, but I mean, if, if that's... What you like, that's great. Yeah, twenty is the new ten dollar in the wine world. Right. You know? Right. I mean, nineteen ninety nine and twenty, and I buy a lot of wine. I buy a lot of wine online. A lot of it locally here, uh, in this market. And um, yeah, I, if it gets to fifty, um, you know, I take a long hard look at it at that point and go, right. you know, like I bought some Pinot this last week. That's New Zealand is supposed to be the hot, new, amazing, best Pinot Noir in the world using yeah. these amazing barrels. And I haven't tried it yet. And I bought, you know, like six bottles of two different things and they were 60 bucks each. And I'm going to hoard them for a while before I try them. But, right. you know, I don't, you know, once it gets above 25 or 30, I, you know, yeah, I take a hard look. There's just so much good wine, you know, at 20 now, to 30. You know? What is two buck Chuck now? 80 buck Chuck? Yeah. What is it? I, you know, I haven't, that's a good question. I'll, for a future podcast, I'll go look at that is there a trader um, joe's near you because there's not one right in this yeah immediate area. there's not one here but i go by there's a couple you know in this in atlanta in the Johnson market Ferry, so. lower roswell road there's yeah one. there's a couple of them there there's one in uh, midtown atlanta yeah. i've been to that one a few times yeah you get to that so, area frequently yeah and so you know my house yeah <laughs> in, we're in the bunker here recording <laughs> podcasts 24 hours a day yeah. so yeah. <laughs> it's pirate radio yeah, actually <laughs> exactly we're on a we're on a ship <laughs> we don't have to worry about the fcc yeah, we're on a ship in the Chattahoochee. Right, so, um, right. so you got this. Uh, I'm hearing all kinds of stories about Bandol. So, you know, I have been a fan of this wine region. This is way south in France, um, not that far from like Marseille. The, the town of Bandol is actually um, down on uh, the Mediterranean. It's that far south, south of Provence and all that. And then the wine region is kind of just north of that. So it's. You know, it's pretty warm down there. It's you're off the Mediterranean. Um, they've been making Bandol for years. They're known for really good rosé. Um, they make a little bit of white, not much, and they make a lot of red. Red's kind of there. And the grape that's known in Bandol is called the Mouvedre. Ah. M-O-U-R-V-E-D-R-E, Mouved. The Spanish call it Mataro. Um, and it's a Rhone grape. It's in the same family as Grenache and Syrah, but it's kind of the darkest of the bunch. It makes, you know, really rich wines with lots of earthy characteristics. Now, in South America, uh, 
is the Moved grape named by another name? Uh, they, they don't, I don't think there's much Moved in South America. So, I don't see it, so uh, I don't think so. Malbec is a different Malbec's in the in the in a different family. That's in the Cabernet family. Okay. So in the Cabernet family, you have Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. So that's different family. This is the Rhone family of grapes, okay. which is Grenache, Syrah, Mouvedre, and a bunch of other things. So Mouvedre is kind of what's known in this area. And I we were this is a producer called Vallon, V-A-L-L-O-N. It's from Bandol. It's 95. We have a mortgage through them, don't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. you Vallon. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, it's, the, it's all about the accent, JJ. You know? and so, so 95% Mouved in this and 5% Carignan. Um, and so um, I've been drinking Bandols for years. The rosés, the reds are all wonderful. There's not a ton of them available usually in the market. But I had the pleasure, and it really was a pleasure last year, to actually go to Bandol and spend three or four days there with a, a couple of friends. And it was eye-opening. It was, it's one of these wine regions that I, I had very low expectations. I knew there were some beautiful wines there, but I didn't think their, their wine tourism would be very much. Man, there must have been 50 or 60 wineries in this region, all of them with very nice tasting rooms, all of them staffed. I was there in October, so really kind of off-season. And, you know, they, they ask you the same thing. You walk in the door of a Bandol winery and they say, um, white, rosé, or red? That's what they ask you because, you know, do you want to try the And whites are rare, excellent, but rare. Rosés, they're, they're very well known for and they're really known for red. But really a wonderful wine region. I'm going to bring a group of people down there and do a tour there sometime in the next couple of years because it was – and it's south of Provence. So it's a little bit of work to get there. Um, you know, you probably take the train. If you fly to Paris, you just take the train down. Trains are amazing. and um, um, But these wines are big and rich and – Long lived. There are some great producers down there. Um, it's not very far from Provence. Spent a little time in Provence. Um, we stayed in this great little hotel in Castellet. I think we were the only two people in like this little twelve room hotel. The only wow. two rooms, and it was fabulous. Just super nice people were really great and stuff. And I love the wines. This is a producer I I didn't really know, um, but they're fairly consistently produced. There are some well known names there. The probably the best known. By far is one called Domaine Tempier, T-E-M-P-I-E-R. They're the most famous Bandol producer. And their stuff gets up there. Their wines are probably, you know, for the for the red, it's probably 75 now in that range. The rosé is probably 50, somewhere in there. This one was reasonable. I think it was 20, 20 or 22, which is not unusual for that area. Um, but I got this, this isn't, I don't even know where this is available. It's imported into the U S I bought it online again. I didn't buy it locally. Um, uh, but there are some really good bandals available out there and these will age nicely. They're great. Same thing. Um, they're, they're really kind of Mediterranean wines. So they have a lot of spice, you know, a lot of black pepper. They pair very well with, you know, foods that have a lot of flavor, you know, um, you know, a, a great um, Provence vegetable dish. Um, with cheese. Uh, with, yeah, exactly. Um, or, again, rack of lamb or just about anything grilled or, you know, or um, seafood with, the, the you know, the, a lot of textures. More with the whites and the rosés. 14.5. Yeah, so that's still, you know, you're seeing, one of the things you're, we're beginning to see more and more, it used to be fairly usual that on a French wine, 13, 13.5% alcohol. That's what we saw. But now, and, you know, a lot of it's because of what's going on with the weather, what's going on with climate change and right. things, is 
all of these wines in France are becoming riper in Europe in general. They're becoming riper. They, they get riper. Um, it's hotter, it's warmer. They ripen faster. faster. And, um, you know, that's the alcohol right there that contributes to the alcohol. I've been kind of surprised at how much wow. that is. And, and everybody's talking about it in France and Italy and those kinds of places because, you know, they can, there are some things they can do to, to mitigate some of that, you know, plant different grape varieties pick earlier. They've been having much earlier harvests in France than they have before this time. Now, so. you know, we haven't really talked much about California like we like we used to. I mean, we yeah. talked about California a lot 20 years ago. <clears throat> this is, uh, I would imagine, their situation with the weather. There's, it gets hot. It gets way hot. And, and their alcohol levels are going up, too, definitely. You know, so these, you know, there's a point where if this continues, that some of these areas will really no longer be very good to grow grapes. You know, they just won't. They'll be too warm and stuff. And, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen this year or next year. You know, that might be 50 years before that happens. But, um, you know, it's definitely happening. It's definitely a thing. Right. And um, you just got to watch it. So, you know, I mean, these guys, you know, these guys are scientists and um, farmers. And so they know, you know, oh, this is... You know, they know what's happening. You know, they're not idiots, and they and they see it happening in their they vineyards. Work around yeah. it, maybe. Yeah, there's some stuff they can do. You know, again, they can pick um, earlier. You know, they can pick. That's I was in um, Beaujolais last year at harvest time, and it was the earliest harvest in for a hundred years. You oh, know, wow. so and it's going to continue that way. That's that's just kind of what's going on. So they can adjust and do some things, and you know, in some areas. It's already making the wines better because they're richer and they're riper and things, but they're not kind of the same wines. I had someone say to me the other day, "Oh, I had a Sancerre the other day, and man, it just wasn't it wasn't the same. It was it was too it wasn't flinty enough. It wasn't minerally enough. It was much you know richer and riper." And I said, "Yeah, that's a that's a function of this. You know, when you get higher temperatures, you get riper wines. You know, I mean, that's what happens. Is is it's based on your sugar content, and the more those grapes hang on the vine." The more sugar develops, the more alcohol you're going to get ultimately in those wines. So this is, I mean, apparently it's happening fast enough where you can get better grapes. Yeah, I, I had a yeah, I had a um, I I drink a lot of wines from the Loire Valley in France, which is typically fairly cool. It's pretty far north, and I've never really liked the the red wines from those regions. They make some Pinot Noir and some Cabernet Franc, and the Pinots for me were always kind of underripe. They had a lot of kind of green vegetal aromatics and flavors. And it's funny, now in the last five years, oh, they're getting riper and they're getting better. And, you know, that's those guys are like, oh, great. Now we can, you know, we can grow Pinot Noir more effectively in Cabernet Franc. Right. But then you go farther south and they're like, oh, our Pinot Noir is getting too ripe. You know, and so, and again, it's not every year. Every growing season is different. Um, but, you know, they're having to adjust. There's definitely adjustments going on, so... So if somebody wanted to pick up uh, this bottle as yep. an example, mm -hmm. I have a feeling there are probably uh, more wines from this producer that are uh, equally as good as... I, I haven't even said anything about how great this tastes. This yeah, is, it's it's really... I'm, I'm I am, a Mouvedre fan, though. Yeah, so. And I'm a huge fan of this region, more so now that I have visited. But I've been drinking Bandols for years. I love the rosés. The whites are rare. When I can get a white, I grab it. They're really good. They're really interesting. Um, the reds are kind of what they're known for. And there are some available in the market. I kind of buy the same guys every year, the ones that come here. There's one I really like called Bastide Blanche. Um, 
and um, they is make that a really. White? It's no, it's the name of the project. Uh, the property is La Bastide Blanche, but they make white and rose and red. But that's just the name of it. Okay. You know, Got I it. don't even know what a Bastide is, but it's <laughs> but it's a white Bastide, whatever okay. that is. You know, we so, may be swearing right now. Yeah, we French may not be. know it. So. Yeah, exactly. So my French is is. Adequate. That's about it. Your French is better than our French. Yeah, well, it's not what it needs to be. So, uh, Patty, you, uh, what, what did you think about that? Oh, I thought it was wonderful. Just right after you opened it, it was, it was delightful. Let's see what's really doing now. To open up, you know? No, okay. it was. Your, I agree. The last uh, wine we tried in the last segment needed air, and I think it'll be better and better. And the, this one was pretty much pop and pour. It came yeah. out really, I thought, tasting really good. I pop agree. Pour, I like pop that. and pour. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the that's the <laughs> term. <laughs> you know, that's your uh, that's your summer wines, you know. Your, pop and pour? Yeah, yeah, your summer rosés, your okay. summer whites that are screw caps and that kind of stuff. I've got my bikini on now, that's and right. I would like some pop and pour. That's right. You know, you're around the pool. It's in. The, it comes out of the ice, nice and cold. You yeah. pop and pour it. Yeah, you know, so. That's a TV commercial right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, this is opening up even more, and it was really good to start. The nose is is just super aromatic. Mouved has a really aromatic nose. That's what I like. Yeah, and it's, this one's this one's I would say is on a lighter style from a lot of Bandols I've had, which is good. It's super pleasant to drink. You know, put a little chill on it; it'll it'll drink great. So, so my my uh, my my three M's: Mouvedre, Malbec. Mm, there's another M wine. We just said it. Uh, Mouvedre, Monastrel. No. Monastrel is a grape, yeah. yeah but you What's also Monastrel have... known as in, if it's not in France? Monastrel actually, I think is is another name for Mouvet, I think. Is it that? Maybe that was yeah, the Yeah, it, it confuses me because like in Spain, these grapes, Grenache, Mouvet, all these things have like eight different names, you know, because it's regional in Spain. So it, it might be called monastrel here and mataro here this this so i don't remember them all in spain and stuff but you know i go by the kind of the simple french ones this is mouved but you yeah. know and it's known in most of spain as mataro um and again it's in the grenache Syrah family so it makes these kind of you know old vine dry really rich wines basically great food wines so, so uh before we go mm -hmm. uh, what can we expect to pay for that. Well, again, this is a producer average. called Vallon, V-A-L-L-O-N, and this wine is called Les Hauts de Vallon, O meaning the heights. Mm -hmm. So this is a region higher up in Vallon. And this was, I think it was 20, wasn't it? it was, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, 20, 22, if you could find it. Again, Bandol's- 2017. Yeah, 2017. So I got it from someone online. I'm sure it was- you know, a deal because it's got, and that's it. It's got a little extra bottle age on it. Current for most of these wines are probably 2019. So this is probably two years old, um, uh, two years extra aging. And it's there. It really has kind of calmed it down a little bit, you know, so. It's terrific. Yeah, it's really good. It's really it's great. drinking great. So. All right. Thanks, Michael. You bet. Thanks, Patty. My pleasure. Well, that's it for this edition of Food Tips, The Basics and Beyond. Special thanks to Mary Ross Johnson for giving us our first 30-minute meal recipe. If you want a copy, I'll tell you where to email me in a sec. Always great having Super Wine Guy Michael Gallant in the studio. And thanks to the lovely patio furniture providing the much-needed help for the drinking of the wine. And all hail the Mondo Bafo smooth-as-silk production wizard, Dave Barker. You got questions? We got answers. Write to me, radiojackson at gmail.com. Until next time, I am J.J. Jackson, and this is Food Tips, the basics and beyond. <laughs>